you're welcome back to Colavari Creativity Series, a podcast that is focused on exploring the world of creativity and innovation. My name is Zika and I moderate this podcast. This is the seventh episode of this and it has been a very interesting journey so far. The last episode was very, 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 very informative. We talked about creativity and left-handedness and um, I'll give a quick summary of my understanding as this. So from what Aziz explained to us, being a lefty does not automatically make you, you know, the most creative or innovative. But because left-handed people live in a world that is predominantly for right-handers, they are forced to think differently. And so it's, you know helps them or makes them unlock their creative abilities but if you want to know more about creativity and being left-handed please listen to the full episode on google podcast apple podcast deezer teacher and all your favorite podcast platforms and you can search for Colavari Creativity Series and you'll see all the episodes and listen to them. As always, we have Aziz with us here. Hi, Aziz. Hi, Zika. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How have you been? I'm doing fine, Zika. Our guest today has done a lot of work with small and medium enterprises, SMEs as they are known. The SME sector is really the backbone of the Nigerian economy, accounting for about 48% of national GDP and 84% of employment. Despite this contribution to the national economy, they still face a lot of challenges. For me, this is one sector I believe we do very well in embracing creativity and innovation practices. So we had an interview in the past week with Glory Enyinaya. I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> She's the founder of Cleos Africa, and that is Africa's pioneer online consulting platform. She talked about several issues during the interview, such as moving a business from idea to reality, reasons why small businesses fail, and the creativity change continuum. Glory is a management consultant, an author, and an international speaker, so um, let us now listen to Glory properly introduce herself by herself and how she got to where she is now in her career. Okay, so Glory is a, an international business consultant. She's a corporate change agent. She's a social entrepreneur and a doctoral student, or uh, rather a lifelong student of life, yeah. I think uh, one of my most innate traits is uh, curiosity or According to the big five personality traits, um, which many psychologists are familiar with, openness to experience. So it, it allows me to uh, take the road less traveled. When I find myself in in professional settings, uh, I'm not afraid to, to take a risk, to go out on a limb. So starting from my career as a management consultant in Accenture, I picked an interest in change management. I saw it as something that uh, stood, uh, that had the potential to transform not just organizations, but society. And as someone that has always had an interest in making a difference, I decided to specialize in change management, which is not the most common of of career paths. So, but I, I threw myself into the work and I quickly ramped up a lot of experience as a change, change expert. Um, my curiosity led me back to school once more, where I um, studied an MBA at Lagos Business School. During my MBA, 
I took some additional courses, uh, specifically a course from the Center for Global Enterprise in New York. This led me to launch what will later be become Africa's pioneer online consulting platform, which is Close Africa. Close Africa, and Close Africa, our mission is to democratize management consulting services um, for small business owners by matching them with local and international management consultants and talents all around the world. Okay, so one of the things that we fondly do is to ask our guests their own point of view on creativity. And this is um, an interesting point of view from Glory. For me, creativity is one of the attributes on a uh, continuum. On one end, you have creativity. On the other end, you have change. And innovation is right in the middle. So if I may explain my little, my theory. Um, Creativity is ideation, so it's uh, it's a conceptualization of, of an insight that could potentially transform the way the world works and lives. But that potential remains unrealized until it becomes an innovation. So that's the, the second step. So from an, from ideation, you um, realize it, and then it becomes an innovation. But Again, many innovations, I mean, many, many of us are aware of business ideas, um, new ventures, uh, supposedly things that were supposed to revolutionize the way the world works and lives, which fizzled out after a couple of years. And the different, the reason is that they failed to move to the third step on the continuum, which is institutionalization, which is where it now becomes a change, which meaning... Um, it moves from just being an innovation to actually changing the world, the way the world works and lives, and uh, changing the status quo. So, like I said, to summarize, um, it starts with we, the continuing starts from creativity should lead to innovation when it's realized, and should lead to change when it's institutionalized. I mean, I've never heard anybody talk about creativity that way. Yeah. I really like uh, the way she sees creativity. Um, seeing creativity, innovation, and change management as a continuum. What this is what I found that it's re- it's really easy to get engrossed in the whole creativity and innovation euphoria, and you actually forget that at the end of the day, whatever you are coming up with, you want people to ac- accept. Yeah. And uh, listening to her, I realized that change management is really the process of making people comfortable and familiar with whatever new idea that you're birthing. Yeah. If, you do, if you do not do that, you are going to run into trouble. I don't know if you remember um, when we had David and we talked about one of the myths that I really liked from his book and it was called the mousetrap myth. Yeah. And that myth talks about you assuming that people would accept your innovation. innovation. And, and, and listening to, to Glory, and I realized that the, the reason why that why you might have that problem is because you have not prepared people for the change that will come. So for me, I actually found this uh, particular explanation uh, of creativity by Glory very interesting. So it's not enough to, you know, come up with an idea, um, implement it, but it's very it's, it's important to make sure that it leads to change. That's when people can actually comfortably accept it. Interesting. Okay. So let's listen to um, Glory talk about Clears Africa. Okay, so um, again, using my model of creativity, uh, it, 
it was literally the question at, at the time of applying for the course that I spoke about earlier, we were asked the question, how are you going to use the knowledge from this course? And then, you know, I had, it just came to me that, okay, I juxtaposed my background in consulting with the business model of the course. And I said, um, I could create a platform for freelance consultants. So that was my creative moment. But you know what they say, genius is, not that I'm a genius, <laughs> but genius is 1% uh, inspiration and 99% perspiration. So that 1% of, oh yes, why don't I create a platform or for freelance consulting was just the beginning of a long road that had to do with um, a lot of, so the next step, I believe in order for you to bring a, an idea to life as an innovation. You can't under you can't importance of affiliation, you know, getting key stakeholders on board. In my case, um I had a network of mentors, of um advocates, of partners. Like I mentioned, we we partner with a lot of Africa's largest banks, uh, because they also have invested interest in in um making sure that small businesses have the capacity that they need to thrive. Uh, I, I realize I haven't explained fully how small businesses um, got into the picture. So I'll, I'll do that now. So um, at the time I took the course, and I mentioned I was doing my MBA. So I also received, I also uh, gained some insights into the social economic environment of Nigeria. So the first thing I realized was that in 20, 2015, uh, according to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, Nigeria leads the world in enthusiasm for business. So meaning um, Nigeria is the most entrepreneurial society or the society that has the most people that are passionate about business. But unfortunately, in 2020, Nigeria also overtook India as the world's poverty capital, meaning the country with the largest number of poor people. And for me, putting those two facts side by side made absolutely no sense. How can the world most entrepreneurial society also be the poorest. It must be that there's a there's a gap between the desire that many Nigerians have to start a business and the acumen that they needed. So that was the gap that Cleos was set up to close. How do we do this? Um, we match small business owners in Nigeria with a pool of local and international consultants. Currently, we have um, consultants from several countries around the world, um, the US, uh, Mexico, Canada, Sri Lanka, Germany, obviously Nigeria as well. And these people are mainly members of Beta Gamma Sigma. I don't think the first story would be complete without talking about BGS. So essentially this dream I had of a global platform for freelance consultants through my partnerships, first of all, with BGS members on the consultant side, and then with banks and um, Nigeria's largest banks access, uh, Keystone, uh, FCMB, and so on. On the on the on the on the other hand, helps uh, a large extent to make that idea a reality. I mean, Glory said a lot, but I just want to focus on the quote that she mentioned. She said, "Genius is one percent inspiration and ninety nine percent perspiration." I I think it's a Thomas Edison quote, but the reason why I want to focus on that because it aligns to how we had defined creativity in episode one creativity has two sides there is the coming up with the idea part and there is the value part of that idea 
coming up with the idea is like the 1% part. It's easy. I don't think in the world today we are short of ideas. But the real work is, does your idea offer any value? It sounds simple, but it takes a lot of work. And I think that's where the hard work is. So even before you get to the innovation side, which is implementing that idea, you have to prove that your idea offers value. And it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of researching. It takes a lot of studying. It takes a lot of, you know, so much. And that's really where I think at times people tend to fall short. There are a lot of ideas today, but they offer absolutely no value to anyone. Thank you, Aziz. So in addition to what Aziz and what Glory has been saying, there's something very interesting that comes up now that I want everybody to listen to, especially if you are interested in moving your idea. Because like he said, we're not short of ideas. Moving your ideas to reality. Glory has a model that she shares with us. Please listen to this. Now that will be telling. That's actually the... That's actually the theme of my PhD research. I'm working on it, but okay, I can share it of what I have now. So it's, there, are three, there are three major steps in the model. There's theorization, there's affiliation, and then there's collective action. So theorization, a theorization is still an idea. Um, through affiliation, you are able to come up with the way to get people on board. So depending on your strategy, it could be investors, could be your first employees, could be your suppliers, could be your partners, could be um, the government, you know, could be a regulatory body, professional association, the list is endless. So when you get all these people on board, then the chances that your, your idea moves from just an idea to being an innovation becomes exponentially higher. And then when you now want to move from an innovation to a change, that's collective, sustained, painful, gritty action. So I find um, many, many small businesses, you know, there's some research that says that 70% of small businesses die in five years. So while it's a cliche, but there's some truth in it in the sense that many people, even after summoning maybe uh, that first round of support, raising capital, that doesn't mean you're out of the woods. You still need to have that commitment to see that idea through, despite the ups and downs. Many, many businesses fail, not because the business model is bad, not because of the economy, not because, quote unquote, the forces are against you, but simply because the founder gives up or fails to lose his faith in the idea. So that's where sustained commitment comes in. There's so much information coming our way. Glory is talking about theorization, affiliation, collective action. Before it gets too much for our mind, let's go on a quick break and we'll be right back. Pulavara Solutions is a people-focused human resources firm based in Nigeria. My name is Sher Majaro. Engaging with Aziz and the Colover Solutions team has helped me understand better the business world and how to navigate my career. Working at Colavari Solutions has been very enriching. I am a lot more appreciative of the individual value everyone brings to the team. I was, I was, I was actually blown away as to how um, detailed 
organized, transparent his process was. Hello, my name is Soba Fubara Abraham. Um, I work with uh, Synergy Capital, manages a private equity firm. To learn more about Colavera Solutions, visit our website at www.colaverasolutions.com. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Colavera Solutions. you're welcome back um now let's have aziz tell us some reasons why small businesses fail especially when they're in the startup phase i mean glory raised a lot of issues from that last except but i will focus on just one point the one that talks about the reasons why small businesses fail i'm going to share um some statistics this is from the small business administration in the u.s that was published in 2019 and what they reported was that about 20% of business startups fail in the first year. This number gets to 50% in five years. And in 10 years, only about a third of those businesses remain. So in 10 years, only about 33% of businesses that start are still in existence. So, but when you research why businesses fail, what typically comes up as the number one reason is that businesses run out of cash. But, but I've found out that that might not be true. So I'll give an example to, to explain this. Uh, it's like someone is sick and you, and you ask the cause of the sickness and the person tells you it's fever. Okay? Remember, fever is a symptom. Yeah. can be a symptom of malaria. can be a symptom of typhoid. Yeah. can be a symptom of COVID-19 as well. Yes. Okay? <laughs> So, running out of cash is also a symptom of, of a deeper problem. And I recently watched a video where I think that they captured beautifully what the reasons are why small company fails. So, I'm going to just go over the three reasons. One, the entrepreneur gives up. And I think that's the point that Gloria had raised. Yeah. They just give up. They feel it's not worth it anymore. They want to pursue other things. That's one. Two is the issue of lack of accountability. And I've found this to be a very huge issue with small companies now remember a lot of small companies have just a single founder so it's what we call typically call the one-man business so yeah. there's no accountability there's nobody that you give account to you could you're the boss of yourself exactly nobody tells you what's wrong what you're doing wrong you just work for yourself and you're not accountable to anybody yeah. also under this whole issue of, of accountability is what i call the body syndrome so yes you might have people who work with you, maybe your wife, maybe your friends, but there's nobody asking you tough questions. Mm. So everybody's everybody around is your body, you know. Nobody pushes you nobody's and drilling into nobody's issues. drilling, mm. nobody. And you know, you just carry on with your business. Nobody you're not you're not accountable to nobody's asking you tough questions. That's one of the reasons why companies die. And lastly, is that you've created a solution that does not solve a problem. So in summary, nobody's willing to pay for your service. Nobody's willing to pay for what you're doing. It's just something that you're doing for fun. But in your mind, you think you actually have a business. But there's nobody willing to pay for your service because you are not solving a problem. So these are the three key reasons why companies die. Now, it might show up as a lack of cash, 
But the underlying reasons yeah. are these three reasons. Very true. Hmm. Very, very true. I think the last point when you talked about creating a solution that does not solve a problem goes back to what you were saying about the definition of creativity that we initially gave. Yeah. It's not good enough to have an idea, but is it valuable? Exactly. Are you offering it, value yes, Are you somebody? offering value which will make people, you know, want to buy into the business? I hope everyone is listening in-depthly to this. It's very interesting. Gloria identified giving up as one of the problems why small businesses fail and then she goes ahead to give some clarity on the root cause of why business owners give up and how this can be avoided well okay what it's not as i would it wouldn't just be one but one of the most powerful ones would be know your why you know you need to know why you're doing what you're doing that's what will give you the zest to um wake up every morning with that fire in your belly and that hunger to achieve your goals and keep on pushing even when all seems lost. There's one phrase that I find uh, ironic but also true. It says um, success is moving from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. So you keep failing and you're still smiling and you're enthusiastic. I'm sure you know it's your success because when you look at people that were really successful, Thomas Edison, 10,000 times he tried to invent the light bulb and he failed. And he kept on saying, I haven't failed. I've just found um, 10,000 ways that don't work. So in his mind, he was every failure was a, was a discovery of its own, you know. So, and that, that for that, for someone to be uh, that passionate about it, about his business and so dogged, he must have had a very strong motivation. It can't have been about the money. There are easier ways to make money, you know, than that kind of sustained pressure, pressure-filled uh, activity. So knowing your why is very important. And that is something that keeps you not just at the, at the action phase, but even from the beginning, you know, because many businesses... Starting a business is a very risky endeavor. You put your reputation on the line. I mean, in a job, if you fail to get a promotion, who knows, just your manager and a few people, your, your wife doesn't have to know, your family members don't have to know. But when you start a business, it's very public. You know, it's on it's on your it's on media, social media, every strangers, you know, your your name goes out there. So you need to be very courageous and resilient. If, so from so even before you even take that initial step of you know incorporation or pushing the idea from just something that's in your head, something that has a life of its own, you need to your why needs to be very powerful. And like I said, it can't just be about money. You know, it has to be about impact, uh, making a difference, your legacy. You know what you want to be known for, your passions, and and uh, it has to be something that you love. Yes, it has to be something that you love. Starting a business can be just about money yeah. it has to be about something else i really I, re- I really like that that's what glory terms as know your why it's almost as if it's a calling it's it's your it's like your purpose this is what i found out if it's about money you will find easier ways of making money once you run into challenges yeah. and you will quit you will give up and i think this aligns with why uh, people tend to quit their businesses, uh, like she had identified, because they found easier ways of making money. The business was never a calling, it was never aligned to their purpose. So when they ran into challenges, they simply just folded up and they, and they moved on. And for me, this, re- this resonates be- at the stage I am in my business because 
not everything had, had has worked the way I thought about it. But what I've found out is uh, it has not dampened my enthusiasm. Mm. It has not uh, made me lose hope. Because for me, it's, it's this, this quest for researching, you know, talking and teaching about creativity for me, it's like, it's part of the reason why I exist. So when I face a challenge, it, it doesn't make me want to give up. Rather, it makes me want to look at different ways of achieving my objective. Yeah. So I, I, I really found what uh, Glory was saying. Uh, I found out that they resonated well with me. So once knowing your why is established, it uh, makes an obstacle just help you re-strategize better and go ahead. Yes, yeah. instead of you know being discouraged and leaving the business. Hmm. Thank you. Glory uses the term "me too" to describe the sort of startups that struggle and then they eventually fail. Let's listen to what she has to say on this. Yes. Okay. So. Uh... As a whole, so while I was still pondering on why Africans are so poor, despite our drive and passion for business and uh, resources, it hit me that what we're, with all our innovation and passion and drive, what we're lacking is innovation, innovative business models. Um, we 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 have no lack of problems that could lead to successful businesses. There's no water, no, there's no electricity, the electricity is poor, the roads are bad. The basic things that, um, problems that have been solved for millions of years, uh, hundreds of thousands of years in developed are still endemic here. So why are we so dependent on, you know, it almost seems like we're dependent on other people coming to solve our problems for us. We still, we um, refine our, uh, petroleum outside we import cars why don't why why don't we you know pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and find local solutions to local problems so that's the me to entrepreneur thing so when people think of starting a business they don't think of solving a problem they think of um copying an existing business model so maybe somebody started selling hair on instagram and it's successful so me too i will <laughs> i will start selling hair or my neighbors opened the school and she seems to be successful me too that kind of me too first of all it lacks conviction it lacks innovation when the tough times come it's unlikely to sustain you through and it's unlikely to sustain you through the rough times so that's another reason why our businesses don't succeed the last point for me really drives it home why several small and medium businesses fail. The owners from beginning never had a mindset of solving any problem or offering any value. They were not trying to address any particular thing. And I'll use an example um, to explain this. Recently, I remember driving through a street in a city in Nigeria. And I couldn't help but marvel at the number of abandoned petrol stations on that particular street. And I, and, and I was thinking, I mean, why? Why would somebody spend so much money setting up a petrol station and abandon the petrol station? Several years ago, there were supply gaps in the Nigerian petroleum uh, industry. So it, it, ma- it made sense to own a petrol station because of the gap. But as that gap dried up, as the gap you know, was eliminated, the idle profit that came from that gap also disappeared. So those businesses that came out of making money from that supply gap 
simply disappeared and for some of them they had to abandon their their petrol station so again it's just that thing that mentality of going into business just to you know make Make money money. because of a short-term you know issue you want to address or because somebody else is doing something you also want to copy that does not offer any real solution or does not solve any real problem makes and it makes at the end of the day people abandon uh, businesses and they, and, and they move on to, to something else that is more profitable for them. We're rounding up now, and Glory tells us about the Cleos platform and how it works and generally what she's up to. Okay, so uh, first of all, you have to go to our website www.cleosafrica.com. Uh, search for when you get to the page. You see uh, a list of services, a drop down. So you select what you want, assuming maybe it's a business plan. Uh, in case you don't know how to do that, there's a how it works section at the at the top on the top at the top bar. So you can read about how it works. So but with you end to end from from ideation from inception to exit, you know, and you can whatever stage you're at you can get a Clears Africa consultant to help you. Every day I keep getting, I mean, I, I, in as much as it's something I've studied for a long time, I don't want to act like I know it all because the day you know it all is, the day you start declining means you reach your peak, right? So um, as I keep learning, I will keep sharing. So follow me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my newsletter, look out for my book, once I'm done with my doctorate, I will release a book and my other, you know, intensive coaching, training, workshops. It's something I'm very passionate about. So uh, just make sure we're connected on social media. And definitely as new developments evolve, I will definitely keep you in the loop. So Gloria has told us how the Clears platform works. And we do encourage everybody listening to visit their website at www.clearsafrica.com. So, we've come to the end of the interview. We really, 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 really would like to appreciate Glory for the interview, for your time, and the impacts that she has made, you know, to everyone that is listening and that has listened. And we also thank everyone who listens to the podcast and who specifically listened to this episode. And then we encourage you to visit the website of Clears Africa because it's not enough to listen. Yes, it's good to listen, understand what the problem is, but move to action, sign up on the platform, get a consultant on your case and get your business moving. So I'll quickly, you know, summarize my learnings. I learned so much in this episode as a small business owner. I learned a lot, but I'll just share two of the things I learned. One from what Aziz said and one from what Glory said. I'll start with what Glory said. I think knowing the reason, going back to understand why I, you know, I'm starting a business or I want to start up whatever it is I want to start up is very, very crucial to the progress of the business. It helps me sustain the passion and be able to push through till I attain success. And today I understand that success is actually offering value not just making sales. So that was very important for me. And the second thing is when Aziz was talking about why startups fail, because if you know the reason for something, it's the first step to moving ahead. And he talked about um, lack of accountability. Very, very... And not only in businesses, in a lot of other things, in life generally. It's important to have someone you're accountable to 
like a boss, a boss of the boss, even if I own my business. And um, those were two very, very important things I learned and I will go and implement after today. Aziz, do you have any final words? Again, for me, I think it's, it's the, the thing that impacted me the most is what you, was your second point, which is the reasons why um, small businesses fail. Uh, I think points two and three for me were very important. Point two, which is the lack of accountability. And point three, which is creating a solution that nobody requires. But put differently, it could also be creating a solution for a problem that nobody has yet seen. Mm. So it, it, it basically makes me ask myself the question, am I positioning my solution in such a way that people can see the value that it offers. Yeah. Mm. That was very important for me as well. Thank you so much, Aziz, for always researching and bringing this knowledge to us. And thank you to everyone who listened. Um, This podcast is edited and sound production is done by Joshua Praise. And the soundtrack is an original music by Justa Christos. The poster design is by Faith Folari and Joseph Okafor. And until the next episode, have a very, very creative week. Bye.